Well, good evening, everybody. <clears throat> Great to have you here tonight. Cold, wet, senior speak. If you're a senior who's here, I salute you. I know you just didn't want to give them your money, but I still salute you. Uh, I, I've been really looking forward to this night because we're going through one of my, one of my favorite psalms tonight. To, to remind you what we're doing in RUF, we're in a series in the psalms called Speaking to God. Uh, and, and we're doing this because the God of the Bible is a God who speaks. He's a God who's spoken his voice and creation leapt into existence. He's a God who speaks to his people this word of love and mercy. It's a God whose very speaking became manifest in the person of Jesus, the word made flesh, the living word of God. He's given us his Bible, which speaks his word to us. And God, because he loves us and because he knows how hard it is to follow him, And how confusing it is to walk with him. He gives us the Psalms as words to speak back to him. As language for us to use, to put into our mouths, to speak back to the God who's spoken to us. And so tonight as we look at Psalm 46, we'll be looking at seeing that God gives us uh, words to speak to him in the chaos of our lives. So if you have your Bible or it's printed on your handout, let's read Psalm 46 together. It'd be great if you have it in front of you. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is God's word which he speaks to us. It's absolutely true. He gives it to us because he loves us. Pray with me and then we'll get started. Father in heaven, we're grateful for this night. A chance to get together. A chance to take a break, to be still. I pray that we would know you more. I pray that your spirit would be at work right now through your word so that we might love you more and love each other. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you guys have heard the story about how when I was moving here from St. Louis, my moving truck broke down on Afton Mountain after 700 miles of driving. My dad and I got up at 4 a.m. He drove with me in, the, in, the, in this really crummy U-Haul moving truck. We were towing his tar. Maggie was riding in the van with her mom and our kids. It's a 700-mile drive. We got up at 4 a.m., and as we were cresting Afton Mountain, the radiator burst, and the car broke down like 11 miles from Lexington. And so we got in my dad's car, and we came into town. We called the U-Haul roadside assistance, and we went to our house, had pizza, went to a hotel. Like four hours later, they call us and say, hey, we're, we're there. Uh, we're sending a guy who's going to be at your, your truck. And so my dad and I get back in the car at 10 a.m., exhausted, totally depleted, totally worn out, and we drive back west on 64. 
into the mountains to get back to our truck. And as we're driving uh, up the mountains, uh, I realize how strange it is that we just left our truck unattended on the side of the road for four hours, like in the middle of nowhere in the mountains, with just a cheap padlock covering our cargo door in which is contained every possession I have. Like my bed's in there, the baby's crib's in there, all our plates are in there, all our family pictures, our dining room table, our couch, our books, like everything we own, my grill was in there. I think a propane tank was in there. Like everything I own is in this truck and it's just abandoned on the side of the road. And so as I'm driving up, I, I kind of remarked to my dad, like, man, worst case scenario is we get there and the truck is gone. Like everything I own is gone and we have nothing. And my dad, without hesitating, says, uh, no, that's not the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is your house burns down with your children inside. <laughs> Why in the world would you say that, Dad? I've had a long day. I don't want to think about my kids in the fire. <laughs> and he's right. Like, buying new dress shirts is not as bad as losing my children. Like, I understand this, right? I'm talking about worst case scenarios tonight because this is a psalm that speaks into the worst case scenarios of our life. And so I want to start by asking you, as you think about your life and how things could go wrong, what's the worst case scenario for you? What's the thing you're most afraid of happening, that you most dread, the thing that is most precious to you that would be hardest to lose? Maybe it's flunking out of W&L. Maybe it's having all your friends reject you. Maybe it's a, an interview for a, the job you really want, the grad school you really want, the internship you really want, going terribly, and you never get to do what you wanted in the field that you wanted. Maybe it's never finding someone to love you and ending up alone for your whole life. Maybe it's loved ones dying. Maybe it's you yourself Suffering some kind of terrible ailment or death. Like what is the, what's the worst case scenario? What's the thing you're most afraid of? I, I, I bring it up because Psalm 46 speaks into the worst <laughs> case scenarios, and it actually speaks a word of hope. It actually speaks a word of goodness to us. And the word it speaks is this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's the word that it that it speaks to us. God is our refuge and our strength. And so what we're going to see tonight is that when God is our refuge, that even in the worst case scenarios of our life, God moves us from chaos to joy, and he moves us from battle to peace. God, our refuge, moves us from chaos to joy and from battle to peace. So first, God, our refuge, moves us from chaos to peace. I'm going to read verses 2 and 3 again. Because it goes right into the worst case scenario. Here's what it says. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its rotters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. This is describing the end of the world. This is like, what if the world completely falls apart? What if everything, life and goodness and existence, just is destroyed? Just breaks? just ends it's utter chaos it's sheer disaster now some of you may may have been in uh, situations like this some of you uh, or people you know may have been around when floods were happening or been around when earthquakes were happening 
For most of us, that hasn't happened in this room, but we all know this feeling. We actually get this feeling way too often, this feeling like everything is falling apart. This feeling like, I think the world is about to end. You know what I'm talking about? Like, this is the feeling we get when we go through a breakup. It, it feels like the whole world is falling apart. This is the feeling we get when you get that grade back on your midterm, and it's like two letters below what you were hoping for, and you're thinking about how it impacts your future, and it feels like the world is falling apart. This is that feeling you get when, when that interview doesn't go well, and you find out you got rejected, and it feels like everything is falling apart. This is that feeling you get when people that you care about are suffering. This is that feeling you get when your addictions seem to be overcoming you and your anxiety is covering you. It feels like everything is falling apart. And, and the interesting thing is that we actually have no, t- no, no trouble believing that God is good and he's near us when everything in our life is good. But notice what it says here. This is, this is right at the beginning of verse 2. We will not fear though the earth gives away, even though, even if the world was ending and everything was falling apart and we're all going to die, you still don't have to be afraid. Even in the chaos of life and the things that disorient us that we struggle with, we have reason to hope. We have reason to trust. We even have reason to rejoice. And, And Psalm 46 contrasts this chaos, these trembling mountains, these roaring and foaming waters is what we read in Psalm 4. This is the opposite now. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The the picture is of the city of God. And here's what this picture is. This is what life is like if you're a Christian. And I know not everyone here tonight is a Christian, but if you are, this is the picture of life that's given to you. It's like a magnificent city with strong walls all the way around it. And outside those walls, everything is falling apart. Outside those walls, the waters are rising and the mountains are trembling. Outside those walls, the nations are raging and the kingdoms are tottering. Outside those walls is corruption and cruelty and conflict everywhere. Outside those walls is hatred, but inside, it's safe. Inside that city is protected, and not only is it protected, but instead of raging, roaring waters, there is this river that makes people glad, this river that brings life, that brings tranquility, that brings sustenance and nourishment. God's Word said that that's what it's like to be a Christian. That everything out there cannot get to you because you are protected by God, who is your fortress, whose walls are high and strong. And I think what we see in verse 6, this is actually my, my, my favorite verses in the Bible, okay? The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, and the earth melts. And here's what this is saying. Mountains seem solid to us. Nations seem strong to us. But they are nothing. They melt in comparison to how solid and strong God is. In fact, we build our lives on things like money and possessions and jobs and accolades and position. We build our lives on the the economy of the world around us 
they melt when God speaks. He is the one in control. He is so much stronger than they are. And the message here is that those things are not strong enough for you to build your life on, and those things will not protect you from worst-case scenarios. Those things will not protect you from chaos. God will. He is your refuge and your strength, a very present help in trouble. Makes you think of the story in Mark 4 you're probably familiar with. Jesus has been teaching in towns with his disciples, and he gets in a boat to cross the Sea of Galilee at night. And he goes to sleep in the front of the boat. And while he's asleep, this crazy storm comes out of nowhere. And the wind is whipping through the sails. And the waves are crashing into the boat and are actually crashing over the boat and are filling it. It's a moment of chaos and panic and fear. And the disciples are freaking out. And they wake up Jesus, who's just been sleeping. Just tranquil, just peaceful. And they're saying, like, Lord, do you not care that we are perishing? We're going to die. How are you not freaking out like we are? How do you not freak out when waves are crashing over the edge of the boat that you're in? How do you stay tranquil? How do you even stay joyful? The, the way we stay calm, the way we stay joyful is that God is our refuge. God is our refuge. Our reputation is not our refuge. Our GPA is not our refuge. Our summer internship is not our refuge. Our sorority is not our refuge. God is your refuge. And when your refuge is him, when your life is built on him, when your joy is connected to him, no amount of chaos can disrupt it. Because when the waters go crazy, you're inside the walls. Because his presence can never be taken from you. His love can never be taken from you. His delight in you will never go away. If Jesus is with you in your trouble, you can even have joy in chaos. Because the root of your joy, the source of your joy, Christ, never leaves you. God is our refuge and he moves us from chaos to peace. Secondly tonight, God our refuge moves us from battle to peace. Sorry, from chaos to joy, now from battle to peace. When you look at verses 8 to 11 here, you notice like warfare language. That's what you see. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Like this is war talk. This is battle talk. And I love that this is in the Bible. Because God knows that you are all, that we are all fighting battles. He knows that we're all fighting battles. And he knows the battles that you fight. He knows that you're fighting against temptations. Towards compromise towards drunkenness, towards sex, towards relationships that are harmful for you. He knows, you're, he knows you're fighting that battle. He knows you're fighting a battle against addictions. He knows you're fighting a battle against eating disorders. He knows you're fighting a battle against despair and sorrow. He, he knows the battles that you're fighting. He sees them. And the encouragement here is that in the battle of life, in the battle for your soul, God dominates. It's total, utter, triumphant, victorious, domination victory. He makes wars cease. He even destroys. He's so much power that the weapons that we use to fight these battles, that these, are used against us, he burns them up. He takes them away. He dismantles them. 
God wins the battle. And this is important for us to realize because in the middle of the battles of our lives, it usually doesn't feel like we're winning, does it? It usually feels like we're losing. It usually feels like we're going backwards. It usually feels like we're not making the progress. It usually feels like we're getting knocked down again and again and again. But in the midst of the battles, God speaks a word to us. And here's the word that he speaks to the battles of our lives. He says this, be still and know that I am God. Be still. While you're fighting, be still. And we have to stop and just recognize, like, this is the opposite of what the world tells us about the battles that we fight. The world tells us you got to fight stronger and try harder if you want to win those battles. you got to study more. you got to network more. you got to just will yourself, even when you haven't gotten sleep all week, to just be better and do better. you got to win at all costs. And if you do that, like, somehow you'll rise up to the top of the heap. And the problem with this is, is that it doesn't work at all because the truth is, and this is important to, to, to recognize, the truth is, is that you are not smart enough and strong enough to win all the battles that you're fighting on your own. I think you know this to be true. I think this is true of your experience. You're just not smart enough or strong enough to win all the battles that you're fighting on your own. And even the battles that you win, that satisfaction, that joy that happens when you win a battle just lasts for a day or two. Like when you ace that exam and it feels really, really good. And then like two days later, you're like swamped with anxiety about the next project. You know what I'm talking about? Like it just doesn't last. This is an insane pattern where we just try to win the battles. And even when we win them, it, it doesn't help us. It doesn't actually do anything for us. And God says that the way to real peace the way to real rest, the way to real satisfaction in the midst of your battles is to be still. To just be still. I'm I'm thinking still about Jesus and his disciples on the boat on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus wakes up and the disciples are freaking out and he stands up and he speaks a word to the wind and the waves. Do you remember what he speaks? Hush. Peace. Be still. And like that, the sea is like glass. There's no wind at all. There's no waves at all. And the disciples are like freaking out there. And who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This word, hush, peace, be still, this is the word that Jesus speaks into your heart and into my heart in the middle of the battles that we're fighting. And this is the word that he gives you to speak against the things that are causing you anxiety and the things that are causing you fear and the things that are causing you sorrow. You know what he tells you to tell those things? Hush. Be quiet. Be still. Peace. Because you do not own me because God is my refuge and strength. You are not my refuge and strength. What what prayer is is just this listening to and obeying this call to be still. That's what prayer is. It's just stopping. It's surrendering. It's saying, I'm not going to fight this battle right now for these five minutes. I'm not going to fight any battles. I'm just going to be with God. 
I, I think we want this. I think we want to stop fighting for a few minutes. I think we want to stop resisting for a few minutes. I think we want to stop striving. I think we're exhausted from the effort of the battles in our lives. And I think we're terrified to be still because we're afraid it will cost us the battle. We're afraid we'll get behind. We actually don't know how to stop fighting. But this can actually happen. You can actually stop fighting when you begin to trust that God is your refuge and strength, that he is a very present help in trouble. And what happens is, as we start to let go, it's, it's like us saying to God, okay, God, I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to put my arms down. Do you have me? Are you going to put your strong arms around me so that I can stop fighting? And of course, the answer from God is, my strong arms have always been around you. My presence has always been with you. You've always been safe behind the walls of my love and protection. Be still. Just be still. And, and as we learn to be still, as we learn to do nothing but to, but to be with God, we actually start to experience the feelings of peace far more than if we won some battles. We start to experience the feelings of rest far more than if we conquered all the projects. We start to experience safety. We start to feel it. The only way to feel those things is actually to stop and be still. To say to the fear and the anxiety in your life, no, hush, you cannot get me. God is my refuge. Some of you guys have probably seen Batman Begins. It's a story about the beginning of the superhero Batman, Bruce Wayne, who kind of loses his way and then he rebuilds his life into this persona, this character, this hero, Batman. And towards the beginning of this process, he finds himself in the Himalayas in the home of a man named Raz al Ghul. And Raz al Ghul is training him, is teaching him, is giving him the things he needs in order to fight injustice and evil. And, you know, he has to, like, work out and do push-ups, and he's getting really jacked. And he has to learn how to do martial arts and has to learn how to be stealthy. He has to learn all these things. But the most important thing he has to learn is what to do with his fear. And so there's this scene where uh, he inhales this drug, and the, the effect of this drug is that it enhances the part of your brains that are the sensors for fear, so that your fear and your awareness of fear is heightened through the roof. And then he walks over to a chest, and he opens it up, and bats fly all over him. And he's terrified of bats. Because when he was a kid, he fell down a well that was connected to a cave, and in this traumatic moment of fear that he thought he was going to die, there were bats around him, and he's been terrified of them ever since. And so when these bats are around him, he immediately just bows down, just curls up on the ground in fear. And he can feel the wind from their wings around him, and he can hear the flapping, right? And he's terrified. And then this crazy thing happens. He takes a deep breath and he stands up and he lifts his face. And the bats are still there. And it's like he's had this moment where he realizes, like, these bats are not going to kill me. These bats are not strong enough to get me. These bats don't have the power to destroy me. Like, that's, what, that's what stillness before God does. That's what time in prayer is. It is a standing up, 
It is a lifting your face. And it is a saying to those things that are causing you fear, you don't get to destroy me. You don't get to own me. You don't get to take over my life because God is my refuge and he is strong. Because Jesus is the Lord of my life and he is the one with power. He is the one with the strong arms that keeps me safe. So how do we, how do we put this into practice? In, in the middle of the, the chaos and the battles of our life, what, how, do we, how do we learn to experience joy and peace? Okay? The application tonight is really simple. We have to learn how to stop and be still. We have to learn how to be still. And I think one of the ways that we can do that is by reading and praying Psalm 46. So here's my advice to you. Here's my challenge, okay? <clears throat> I want you to write out on your journal, on a notebook pad, on your computer, I want you to write out Psalm 46. And in those, in those verses 2 and 3, when it's talking about the, uh, the waters roaring and foaming and the mountains trembling, I want you to, to erase that part and write in the things in your life that are chaotic. The things in your life that are crazy. They're crazy in relationships. They're crazy in your family. They're crazy in your health. They're crazy in school. They're crazy in the future. I want you to write those things in. And then when you get to that part where it talks about God breaking the bow and shattering the spear and making war cease, I want you to erase that and I want you to write in the battles that you're fighting this week. And then I want you to pray that prayer to God with your own life in Mashtun Psalm 46. And then when you get to the end and you've read, Be still and know that I am God, this is going to be hard. I want you to put your, your, your phone on Do Not Disturb and set a timer for 10 minutes and try to do nothing for 10 minutes. It will be really hard if you've never done this. You will check the timer and it'll have been a minute and 15 seconds. I, I, I know. Start to train yourself to do this because here's what happens. Not only is stopping for 10 minutes an exercise of trust, like that's an act of trust. That's an act of surrender. That's a, that's a moment of saying, God, I'm not going to fight for these 10 minutes. I have to trust you. But doing it will teach you. Doing it will form you to be a person who trusts God more, who leans in God more, who can look at all the stuff in their life and still say, the Lord is my refuge and my strength. So that's what I want you to do, okay? The, the second thing is that this, this word is not just a word into our hearts. It's a word like at the city of God that shouted over the gates. And so we actually have to speak this word to each other. And all the time you have friends who are coming to you who are struggling, who are hurting for a variety of reasons. Their relationships are falling apart. The anxiety of school, things back home with their family are out of control and unraveling. They're terrified about their future. They're nervous about an interview. People are coming to you with this stuff all the time. And you can be tempted to try to solve it for them. You can be tempted to try to fix it for them. Or worst of all, you could be tempted to try to get, convince them not to feel the things that they're feeling. Resist this temptation. Don't do it. Instead, here's what they need to hear from you. I mean, you know what you need to do in this battle you're fighting? You need to be still. That's actually what your friends need to hear you say. You need to be still. Because the peace that you want and the rest that you want and the satisfaction that you want isn't going to come if this relationship works out. It isn't going to come if things calm down back home. It isn't going to come if your friends stop suffering. It's only going to come when God is your refuge. Because only he is strong enough to protect you 
from the chaos and the battles of your life. And the beauty of this promise is that it doesn't just say be still. It says be still and know that I am God. When you start to be still, something will happen. You will know God more. You will experience the love and the grace and the presence of the Lord Jesus himself with you in the midst of the chaos of your life. In the midst of the battles that you're fighting. So if you want more of Jesus, if you want to know him more, be still. He is your refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And he loves you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are our refuge and our strength. You are present with us in trouble. Lord, thank you that you care about the chaos of our lives, that you see it, and that you put your strong arms around us. Lord, please give us the courage to put our hope in you and nothing else. And Lord, I thank you that you see the battles of our life and that on the cross you fought the ultimate battle for our souls, and you won. Give us the courage and the trust to be still. Give us the discipline that even when it feels like it should have been 20 minutes and it's only been three minutes, to just stop and to surrender and to trust you because you care for us. We love you that you care for us, Jesus. Amen.